Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low-cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Alejandra, content marketing specialist at 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Wednesday here with 3W. I am here with my CEO, Helen. <laughs> I'm just Alejandra's CEO. No one else's. <laughs> oh, that's cute. I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, I feel super, super happy you're here with me again, Helen. We've missed you. Um, standing in here, of course, you are the official voice of this podcast, but oh, it's been gosh. a huge honor for me to step in. I'm so grateful for you because Aww. I don't know how we could have continued these podcasts with me <laughs> gone. Aww. So Well, it's a big, big honor and I'm super happy to have you here. Today, we're going to be talking about reproduction and sterilization in women. And mm-hmm. this topic was inspired by an article that we came across in Verily Magazine, which is an online resource that we often mm-hmm. post Mm-hmm. as different topics come up. And Helen happens to have some experience in this area. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. to all our listeners out there, please like, share, if you haven't already shared this podcast. Um, and we're going to just be diving in a little bit of personal experience in this area of sterilization. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I saw this article, I sent it to Alejandra to read because I can't, I don't, <laughs> I literally I don't have time to read these days with a newborn. And I would love to hear what you got mm-hmm. from it. But I also wanted to share the impacts of sterilization because people, people think, gosh, that was like, that's a practice that people have done hundreds of years ago. ago and doesn't happen today. It's not very prevalent. And that's so not true. So my personal experience with it is my my grandma actually was sterilized here in the United States without her consent. Mm. And it was many, many, many years, if not decades later, that she even knew about it. Wow. Yeah. So she had no idea. No, no. So, you know, my family are refugees from Vietnam. I'm second generation. Mm-hmm. Or am I first? No, I'm I think first. You're first generation. I'm first generation. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and when my grandparents came here, they had they they brought six kids and my grandma was pregnant with my my aunt, my youngest aunt, who's only seven years older than me. Wow. And so she was pregnant, making her journey from Vietnam, landing in an internment camp in Thailand, and then eventually landing in Washington state. But so her, it was only until her seventh child was she able to give birth in a hospital which is a whole, oh my goodness which is a whole new experience for her it was her first time getting an epidural she was like 
If I I got an epidural for all of my pregnancies, I would have tons more kids. She's like, she was like giving birth in the hospital setting in America was like the like the the best best experience she's ever had being pregnant and giving birth. Like it was always at home. You know, oh my with, goodness. with the midwife down the street, you know, down the village. And it, it was an, an experience she said she'd never f- forgot because wow. she felt so pampered and special and, and all of that stuff. But her her childbirth experience here in Washington State also was the was when she was sterilized illegally. And it, the doctor that was helping with the delivery apparently asked the nurse, like, what number kid is this? And the nurse was like, this is number seven. Mm. And my grandma, I think she was 40, 42 or 43 at the time. So, you okay. know, late, sure. a little bit late age-wise to, to have a child. Not late in these these day and age, but for her, you know getting married at 18 and still having kids at 42 was, was <laughs> sure. pr- pretty pushing it. And the doctor, when he was after delivering my aunt, my aunt decided on his own that she shouldn't have any kids anymore and that she would be my family because of the large number of kids that my grandparents decided to have was going to be a burden on society and on social services. And so he decided when he was stitching her up to tie her tubes. Without consent. Without her consent. She had no idea that he was doing that to her. Absolutely no idea. No no medical translator came in and asked her, hey, is this what you want to do? No one said anything to her. And Mm. my faith background is my family, we're Catholic, and it's one of those things that we don't do, Mm -hmm. um, sterilize ourselves, unless it's a medical emergency, unless it's medically, you know, someone's life is in danger kind of situation. Of course, we would take the appropriate um, uh, steps to make sure sure Mm -hmm. that women are safe and healthy. And able to make these types of decisions for their bodies. Right. Of course, the church doesn't want you to die, which is such a terrible stereotype. But my grandma was completely healthy, mm-hmm. still able to reproduce. She did not, she was not given the right to a conversation of if she wants to discontinue having children or not. Mm-hmm. She loved having kids as hard as they were. And so it was many, many years, like I said, decades later, that we were looking through her medical records and it just so happened that it said her tubes are tied. And she was like, I never tied my tubes. And so we had to talk to her doctor and they're like, no, your your tubes are tied. And it was such a shock to her. And... It was a shock to our family as well because we – it was such a disrespectful, unethical thing that this doctor did to her. Hmm. She – you know, she she was just like, I would never do that. I would just abstain from having more children, but I would never tie my tubes because 
I always want to be open to having more children. Mm. But that's my personal choice. Right. And for someone to, for someone to make that decision for her in her most vulnerable state, state, just having given birth, just having given birth and not in a foreign country, Mm-hmm. not speaking the language, not having anyone there to advocate for her, not being in a completely different space and a completely different birthing experience. That is so wrong on so many levels. Sure. And that was not that long ago. My aunt is 40. That's four, just 40 years ago. Oh my goodness. Right. And so sterilization still happens today. Mm-hmm. And I, I guarantee you like, if more women who are like my grandparents that came, you know, were the original boat people, we came on a boat, you know, and refugees. And mm-hmm. if you, I, I bet you, if you ask more women her age that were giving, that were having children with these large families that are coming over from a foreign country, I wonder how many of them are, are sterilized and they don't even know. Sure. And I'm, and it seems like a very common, common thing to do, especially with people who decide to have really, really big families. I know Mm -hmm. that the Irish community, a lot of sterilization, a lot of illegal sterilization happened in in that community, in that culture as well. Mm. Just no one wants to talk about it. No. And it surprised me a lot when you gave me the article Mm -hmm. because there's a story in there exactly like your grandma's, Mm. exactly like hers, where the woman was had just given birth. Mm -hmm. She was happy. Mm -hmm. It was her second baby. Mm. And all of a sudden they kind of told her in passing Mm -hmm. and used this specific term. And she kind of like very unofficially okayed it. Mm -hmm. And they just took it and ran with it. Mm. And she didn't even get a chance to kind of put her thoughts together. They sedated her and she, she, in that moment, she was not able to, she, she wanted to stop it, mm-hmm. but she was so weak yeah. being sedated yeah. that they took her to the operating room right away. And wow. she just remembers kind of wanting to say something mm-hmm. and change her mind and say something to a doctor or a nurse, but she yeah. couldn't because yeah. physically she was just kind of, kind of just yeah, out of it, out of it. Yeah. And so, which shocked me because I don't know if that's like how your grandma experience that process but like you're basically kind of your hands are tied yeah you know you're not you're wanting to say something but you can't Mm -hmm. and it just made me feel it made me feel so sad Mm -hmm. because what does that say about women taking their the opportunity to be their own advocate yeah choices choices right why why can't you do it afterwards you know or like wait a little bit yeah <laughs> or like there's i guess there's this mentality like oh you're already opened up and so let's just take care of it right you know but it's not a decision to take lightly no you just gave birth you're in so much pain you have this kid wailing in the you know of course in that state of mind you might not be thinking straight or or thinking of all the different pros and cons to do something that's irreversible yeah women that have a lot of children i've i have a lot of friends that have a lot of kids and Mm -hmm. i always like gosh you guys have a lot of kids like that's awesome but like aren't you exhausted and like (laughs) why did you decide to have more children like the amount of kids and they women always say like we forget 
we forget the the pain of, of childbirth <laughs> and i was like okay well you know going someone that's never given birth i don't understand that statement but sure. i've heard a lot of women say like you forget because they're such a joy children are such a joy right after yeah i've never i've never met someone that regret having their children Mm-hmm. I've just never met someone that says, yeah, that was so horrible that I never want to have any more kids. And I'm sure there are women out there that have had horrible, horrible labor, childbirth experience that never want to have children again. And that is your story to tell. Right. My personal experience is I've just never met anyone like that. Right. And they're just like, we forget. And then until we're on that, delivery table and we're like oh crap this is what it feels like and (laughs) where's the epidural Um, give it to me now (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah it's it's really interesting why why can't we honor that conversation Mm -hmm. with a bit more prudence and pause and care Mm -hmm. and is that the best time to talk to her about that that's a very good point that's a very good point continuing with that story in the article and relating to your grandma, one of the the points that it was saying was that it's often tailored or geared towards women of color. Of color. Yeah. That's so not surprising. either they're poor, they're non-white. Yeah. They're female or all three. Mm-hmm. So that's a really sad reality mm-hmm. in your grandma's situation. Her having just come from Vietnam, mm-hmm. giving birth and mm-hmm. feeling this excitement, right? Coming mm-hmm. into a hospital mm-hmm. for the first time, experiencing mm-hmm. that pampering, yet how she was mm-hmm. betrayed in a way, mm-hmm. you know, of that yeah. happiness. And we often we often talk about this mm-hmm. here at 3W where education is so vital mm-hmm. and so important. And the mm-hmm. more we know about our bodies, how they function, mm-hmm. how to take care of them, the more we're able to be our own advocates, right? Yeah, yeah. And... You know, I think there's I think there's a lot of focus on people of color in medicine, specifically black women and maternal risks, you know, being really, really high. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole, you know, I, I remember the tennis player, Venus Williams, mm. like almost dying after childbirth because she was dismissed from her health concerns after giving birth because of her color. Mm. And I think, yes, that plays a factor in it. I cannot say from personal experience, because I've never experienced that, Mm -hmm. if that's all there is. Sure. I think women's health in general is very, still very dated. Mm-hmm. And out of touch with what, what women really want and what really women really need. I think the whole idea of this of a cookie cutter approach to women's health care is not okay. I think every woman has a unique of course there's like patterns, you know, that you can apply sure. to to medicine, but I think everybody I know here at 3W, every patient that walks through the door and we we are able to serve, we see them as a unique individual with unique health issues that we're going to approach depending on 
how that patient responds mm-hmm. or what that patient's story is or or whatever it is. So I think the 3W medical staff are able to really honor each patient as this individual who has who has unique needs mm-hmm. in that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I I think the rest of the medical world needs to kind of catch up mm-hmm. to practicing medicine that way and not just making a, a blanket stereotype about like, oh, people of color are going to have these types of experiences. White women are going to have these types of experiences. The, this group of people only need this type of services or that mm-hmm. type of services. Again, there are certain patterns. Sure. But I don't think that that is the leading factor in how we care it's for true. people. It's true. Yeah. I think, well, just like you're saying, everybody's story is unique and your grandma, mm-hmm. you know, who would have known mm-hmm. that that would have happened, mm-hmm. you know, her coming to the U S mm-hmm. and experiencing that. And I think it can fall into different topics too mm-hmm. of let's say it's miscarriage or, mm-hmm. you know, all these topics that are not talked about mm-hmm. often. One of the other things that was mentioned in the article was after the fact So it's not only the decision that the doctors made in this woman getting her tubes tied, Mm -hmm. but it was the aftermath of pain Mm. and mental, physical, emotional Mm -hmm. toll. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's the case for all women that go through that. Mm -hmm. But in her case, she was mentioning how she was experiencing this sense of loss, Mm -hmm. realizing she has no opportunity. And there's some that you can go back, Mm -hmm. get a surgery. Yeah. But hers were completely unreversible Mm. and so there's that sense of okay i have no choice to go back even if i want to yeah you know yeah so again her situation very unique yeah but the overall picture of the lack of consent Mm -hmm. within that decision the no turning back Mm -hmm. you know these were points that were mentioned in the article and really brought to light that reality of her wanting answers her wanting healing, her wanting that desire for someone to understand her, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's something that's so unique about us here at 3W mm-hmm. is just that opportunity to get to let ourselves be vulnerable and be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is, it's so special. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, you know, past podcasts that I've recorded with you, I talked about my mm-hmm. my own experience being a very vulnerable patient on an exam table, mm-hmm. half naked, dealing with infertility. And like I said, I'm a very, I'm a pretty strong, opinionated, stubborn person in general. Mm-hmm. And I was still so vulnerable to the point where I had to really muster up the strength and the confidence to advocate for myself. Mm-hmm. And I just think of friends who have different temperaments than me. Mm-hmm. And wanting to be like a fly in the wall and telling (laughs) him, don't let her tell you that just because she's wearing a lab coat. Don't don't let her push you into doing this or that. Don't you need to say like women need to say no. Mm -hmm. I'm that's not what I want for my body. Mm -hmm. That's not what I want for my reproduction right now. It's not it's not a completely shut, you know, blocked door. But right now, I don't have all the information to make that decision. Right. 
and I need a second opinion or I need to go to a place like 3W, talk to a medical provider for an hour for free to get all my facts right? before I proceed with this procedure. And that's how we approach a lot of healthcare topics here at 3W. Mm-hmm. You know, we there are certain services we don't provide here because of our because we need to keep things free because we need to you know so many so many reasons and we can get into that at some point but sure. we believe in empowering women with medically accurate information evidence based information mm-hmm. so that when they walk out of here they can advocate for themselves and know that we're there to just be that support system for them right yeah and it's free. There's nothing to lose. I guess time. No- I mean, people always say like time is money, but like you're getting educated. Yes. And you can ask as many questions as want as you want. Yeah. And you can come back as many times as you want. And that's really cool. That's something we hope more and more women take advantage of. Yes. Yes. Well, I hearing your grandma's story is impactful and i hope that our listeners feel encouraged Mm -hmm. i know it's not an easy topic and maybe several of you listening have encountered this Mm -hmm. or uh, may encounter this but let this be something that can help you Mm -hmm. you know be that voice for yourself and and being bold because it's not easy especially in the medical world of course doctors trying to take care of us but to not shy away right Mm -hmm. think of that fly in the wall (laughs) as you're in your exam room (laughs) you know what would helen say right now what would she say what would she say right now she'd probably be like oh hell no (laughs) be that advocate for yourself (laughs) well helen thank you so much yeah uh, for sharing your your family story and your grandma's story yeah thank Um, you and hopefully it's helpful to those listening i hope so i hope so that those that are listening that have maybe grandparents or people in their lives have gone through the same thing well awesome well we're so excited that you're here and excited for the next time you get to pop on another yeah. podcast with us <laughs> i love this this is great oh great <laughs> thank I you love it. yes definitely <laughs> thank you to everyone listening and stay tuned for our next episode for more information about 3w please visit our website at 3wmedical.org that's the number three the letter w medical.org from there You can learn more about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you liked this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, Stay healthy and be well.